his karate lessons might not turn him into a black belt. Hi-ya! And even after band camp, he might not be the greatest musician. But with the 3% annual percentage yield you can earn on a PenFed premium online savings account, your goal of supporting his dreams, thanks for everything, mom and dad, will always be worth it. Apply today at PenFed.org savings. Federally insured by NCUA. $5 minimum to open account. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed. PenFed's got great rates for everyone. I'm Tony Kornheiser. This is my show. My friends come on and you know them. We talk about the sports you care about, basketball now, golf, and the metronome of your life, baseball. Whether it's opening day, the big tournament, or one of the majors, we have the best to preview it and break down just what happened. And let's not forget the important stuff, the amount of daylight where I live, the importance of speedies, and the rankings of beach-style pizza. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. We're just talking about the Northern Lights. I've never seen them. It's on my bucket list. So maybe tonight will be the night? You've never seen him, Josh, have you? I've not. All right. Tonight's your chance. We're I'll gonna, have to, yeah. We're going to talk with Mike Augustinak from WCCO-TV at 530. So we'll get sort of Mike's explanation as to exactly what's happening, what we know about the best time to go and take a look, and uh, where you should be looking for the Northern Lights, too. So that should be fun. I'm. It's total bucket list. I have absolute FOMO every time I see people post their pictures and how beautiful and stunning and magical it is. So I am off tomorrow. So, you know, I can I, I can wait this thing out. Yeah, you can. Got you got else. all night long. What else do I have to do, right? I mean, there's DeRussia Eats. Well, we should probably do that now. It Let's is it. Thursday. It's 410. It is time for DeRussia Eats. And our guest today comes from a mostly barbecue restaurant and i i never know how exactly to describe what what city smokey's pub and grill is in i think the the street address is east bethel the street address is east bethel the zip code is wyoming and our telephone number is forest lake (laughs) (laughs) it's sort of if you know you know if you know where you are you know where it is Right. Smokey's Pub and Grill in the greater East Bethel area. We like to say the Coon Lake Beach. Coon Lake Beach. That's what it says on on the sign, right? It does. Chris Leibel is the president uh, and owner of Smokey's Pub and Grill. And it's so good to have you here on Russia Eats. How are things going? Uh, Things are going great. Smokey's, you opened it when? Uh, Back in 2012. So we just celebrated our 11th anniversary. When you were 11 years younger, did were you nervous about it as to whether or not you were going to still, you know, would it work? Would would you lose all your money? I mean, oh, this, sure. This was pretty risky back when you opened, right? It was. I mean, a lot of nerves go into it. And, you know, I have partners, of course, my wife, Kat, uh, my father-in-law, JT, and my buddy, Jeremy. Um, so we, you know, my wife thought I was nuts when I kind of thought – Hey, let's let's open a barbecue place. What were you doing before you guys opened? I uh, did a lot of things. I, I grew up working in the restaurant industry. Um, Jeremy and I actually worked at the same place, the old White Bear Bowl and Holiday House Restaurant. Um, and you know, I I'd gotten into the car business for a while. Um, you guys were like, was it high school or college when you were working at the bowling alley? Started in high school, yeah, yeah. kind of middle school. Um, I don't think anyone can get in trouble now, but I think no, I was no, it... 12 years old when I started <laughs> working for cash. Really? Was, yeah. Oh, man. So It's uh, 
those experiences and, you know, I think we're all glad that the law is like a little more careful about child labor. And like I started working when I was 13, which was illegal. Yep. Like my (laughs) I work for the government. I work for a park district. And my boss told me, he's like, when do you turn 14? I was like, four months. He's like, I'll pay you in four months. And I was like, okay. My parents <laughs> my parents were like, okay, he's working. Like, everybody thought it was fine. Right, right. And so what did your parents think when you were 12 going off to work? They liked it. I mean, it, it taught me structure and, and responsibility. Um, you know, it was, for me, hanging when I'd hang out with my friends, I always had cash in my pocket, so... You were a hit. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was good. Chris Leibel is our guest, uh, one of the owners uh, of Smokey's Pub and Grill. When I first met you, well, I met you before, but I went and did a TV story up at Smokey's. Yeah. And you were showing, and I think about this often because your setup is unique, the way that your smokers are set up. It Ta- is. Talk about, talk about that. Sure. So... When we opened Smokey's, we really we wanted to be a Memphis-style barbecue place. Um, when you go down to Tennessee or those southern states, a lot of those restaurants, uh, the, all the cookers are outside. Um, they're they're burning logs, and we were and they they've got like the smokestack that people recognize, yeah. kind of just running right out in the air. Yep, yep. Um, so we had our our pits built down in uh, Haddock, Georgia, by Bubba Grills, and he he builds a lot of um, cookers for restaurants in the South, um, barbecue teams that do like the Memphis and Maine and, and all those big events. And you know, we had That's a jump- the world championship, the yes. big barbecue. The, the yeah. big ones, yeah. Right. And he's a very decorated barbecue champion himself. He's won them all. Um, so we were, I believe, the first restaurant in Minnesota to be able to cook this way. So we we had to jump through a lot of hoops. Because usually, and we've seen this sort of, this controversy uh, crack up with some of the food trucks that were doing uh, yeah. barbecue and were trying to just have it vent outside mm-hmm. in Minnesota. You're the only place I know that like got actual legal permission to do it. Yeah, we we had to get a variance um, from the state to be able to do this. Um, so uh, we gathered information from southern restaurants and kind of how their outdoor kitchens were set up, um, and we. The state of Minnesota worked with us, um, said, hey, build it this way. So we we did, and um, now we're in year 12. Now you're in year 12, <laughs> right. Chris Leibel is uh, also the pit master. Yes. What was your – what drove your interest in barbecue? Uh, it goes back to, to being a, a kid, really. Um, I would go to these family reunions. My cousins had built um, these these pig roasters from scratch, and – just thought it was the coolest thing. You know, you you had 50, 60 people kind of hanging out. Um, this pig is cooking, and everybody's waiting to share this this meal. And, you know, sometimes they'd let me go throw uh, wood on the on the fire or something, and it made me feel like I was part of it. <laughs> yeah. Um, got a little older. My dad kind of showed me how to smoke ribs. When I, I mean, when I was 12, you know, my friends were making cans of ravioli, and I'm smoking racks of ribs. So. I mean, you had cash and racks of ribs. Yeah, you know, you were living large. <laughs> living large. You were getting it done. Uh, your ribs—is uh, that uh, what you're most proud of? Yeah, I think so. Our, um, How do you like a rib to be done? 
Um, well, because we, Minnesotans, uh, I think, sometimes are partial to the the ribs that fall off the bone. They are. Um, they like them slathered in sauce and, and falling off the bone. And, and for me, the ribs should be tender. Um, it shouldn't necessarily be falling off the bone. You should be able to take a bite and see your teeth marks in that meat. I like a little chew yeah. myself. Yep. But I mean, I'm never mad when I have ribs <laughs> that fall off the bone. Right. But but there is it harder. To get that balance right where it's got, you know, is that the smoking? Is that the, or the, the not the smoking, but is that the barbecue process or is that the quality of the meat? I think it's both. Um, we we get a really nice rib. It's a Duroc um, rib. They come from southern Minnesota. It's I think, beautiful. Yeah. Beautiful pork. It, it really is. Yeah. Um, and then the process, too. You know, we, we go low and slow. They're dry rubbed. We don't sauce them. We serve um, six sauces in the restaurant on the side, so they they come out um, just dry rubbed with with that nice bark on the on the rack. Sauce is a condiment. It's right. not. People think it's an ingredient. I think it's a condiment. Yep, I agree. Because maybe you like it spicy. Maybe you like it more must mustardy or vinegary or whatever. Right. Like it should be up to you. Yep, absolutely. That's not really the the major. I mean, creating good sauces is hard. It is. It is. What do you say? There, there are two things that, as somebody who writes about food and covers food, that every backyard Dick and Harry in the world thinks that they can sell. One is salsa, and the other is either hot sauce or barbecue sauce. Yeah. Everybody's got their own, and you're like, you know what the world does not need another one of? We don't need another salsa. There's a lot of them out there. And we probably don't need your... your uh, you know, the backyard hot sauce that everybody tells you is great. Yeah, there's a lot of those out there, too. Uh, you worked hard on developing your flavors, right? I really did. Um, so I, I make actually seven sauces. One One's top secret. We don't advertise in the restaurant. But uh, um, our, like our gold sauce, I used to make two gold sauces, a, a sweeter, tangier um, Carolina-style gold, and then a bolder, spicier Georgia-style gold. Um, I actually... It confused people. So you would have people put the spicier one on or, or vice versa. And uh, so I kind of combined the best of both worlds there to, to come up with the gold sauce that we have now. Chris Leibel is our guest. He is the owner of Smokey's Pub and Grill. We're going to take a break. We'll talk a little bit about kind of what the post-COVID environment has been for his restaurant. Are people coming back? And is it different kind of running a restaurant maybe outside of the core of the metro? Like our, uh, you know, our, your guests, do, do they have different needs or eating habits or how's it work? So we'll talk to Chris about that as we continue. It's to Russia Eats brought to you by our friends at Liquor Boy and our friends at the Minnesota Pork Board here on to Russia Eats. To Russia Eats, we're talking barbecue. We're talking the Hugo Minnesota, greater Minnesota area. I don't know. Your area is such a tricky area to describe. Chris Leibel from Smokey's uh, Pub and Grill because you're sort of suburban, sort of not. You're right that bridge between the suburbs and people who feel like they live in, in God's country. Right. Yeah, we are. It's We hear that a lot with Smokey's. If, if you were only closer, but we're... You're we're, so close. We are, yeah. If, if you're at Cub and Forest Lake, we're eight minutes down the road. Right. 
Yeah. Yeah. If you're in Forest Lake, you're just eight minutes away. Right. Right. (laughs) Everything's close to somewhere, right? When you think about it that way. But it is, uh, it's a really cool restaurant. You were one of the first in the North Metro to go all in on craft beer. Yeah. Is that still uh, as hot? It seems like craft beer consumption has been going down as younger people are either drinking less or shifting to like, CBD, THC type drinks. Sure, and we're seeing a little bit of a shift, but we, we, there are things like um, we partnered with Invictus Brewing and in Blaine. Mm. Um, we we did a collaborated with an anniversary beer with them this year. Um, in fact, it's at, we've done a few of them now, but uh, this year we did a smoked pineapple cream ale where we smoked the grains at Smokies in our pits. Went over there and got to help oh, them brew cool. the beer. Yeah. That's fun. So that one. Um, it's really approachable by everybody. Yeah. Um, they sell it in their tap room. We have it at the restaurant. Um, that one sells really well. Right now we've got a Bourbon County Stout, multiple-year vertical tap takeover going on. So oh, fun. Those those beers are fun, too. We've got uh, a 2017, 18, 19, and then this year's 23. So it, it's fun. You can get a flight and, and try cool. them out. Beer, beer and barbecue go so well together, too. They do. It's just a normal... Normal thing. Uh, Chris Leibel from Smokey's Pub and Grill is our guest. Before the break, I asked a little bit about COVID and how big of an impact that had on your business. What is it lingering still, some of the changes? Well, it, I, yeah, um, it had a big impact on us when we had to first close and go to takeout only. It was, you know, it's a whole new business model. Really. You had never done much takeout. No, we, you would do some, but... When it's a hundred percent of what you're doing, it's it takes longer to to plate the food. It everything's going in a box, right? So your costs go mm. up significantly. Um, and, and getting past that, um, people as, don't realize that I think like some of the restaurants charge, uh, you know, like mandatory type fees for sure. takeout. And I think as a guest, you're like, well, why am I paying ten or fifteen percent more for takeout? There's not as much service as I would get in the restaurant. Sure. But it's those other costs, right? It is. Um, your sauces are all going in ramekins. Everything's going in a, its own box. Um, Does it add, like, to a, to a regular order, does it add, like, a dollar or two dollars of cost? Yeah, yeah, it can. The, the takeout containers we use, they're, they're about 40 cents a piece. Huh. They're, they're yeah. nicer. The food holds up better in, in, in them But uh, than, a, you know, a styrofoam container. Yeah, but, it adds up. It does. Interesting. Are people still taking out or have they come back to the restaurant? Uh, both. Um, our takeout is still very strong, um, stronger than it was pre-COVID. Um, but people are back in the restaurant, too. Um, you know, we, And there are still people that don't want to sit inside. Um, this year we revamped our patio area. Um, Mickman Brothers from, from Blaine came in and did a – I mean, they worked magic on our mm-hmm. patio area. I can't, I can't believe how, how nice it turned out, but uh, – so that was full all summer. We've, you know, a little, little chilly now, so we stopped service out there. But People, uh, yeah, remember those days when we were all sitting outside yeah. and then freezing. Ugh. I do. We're all, we're all doing our best. Smokey's Pub and Grill in the Coon Lake Beach area. Chris Leibel is our guest. Chris, I ask uh, everyone who comes down to Russia Eats uh, if they have uh, three restaurants they like to visit or like to recommend that aren't their own. You have I, a couple of young kids, so I don't know how often you're getting out of the house outside I, of your own place. I do. I have an 8- and 11-year-old. Hi, Freddie. Hi, Fiona. Um, <laughs> um, 
It's really hard to narrow it down to three, but I'm going to go three very different specific restaurants. So Angry Trout in Grand Marais. I, I love the fresh awesome. catch of the day. Yeah. yeah. Awesome place. Um, I'm going to go Tori um, in the ramen world. Yes. I haven't had better. It's really good. It is. Tori uh, 44. Tori 44 in Minneapolis and, and then, then Tori in St. Paul. St. Paul too. Yeah. yeah both yeah. good. They are. Um, and then I'm going to go. Um, I'm gonna, I think he makes his noodles. At least at one point he was making his noodles himself, which he, I don't think anybody else in town does. Right. I believe he still does. Yeah. I think they it's make pretty them all impressive. at Tori 44. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That, Most places cool. bring them in, bring him ramen noodles mm-hmm. from wherever. But right. yeah, kind of cool. It is. Crazy, but it, cool. It is crazy. I can't <laughs> imagine the work. Cause, it's a lot. Of, I mean, for one bowl of ramen, it's a lot of noodles. Right. Yeah. Yeah, it really is. All right. Number three. Number three, I'm going to go with Thai food. I'm going to say Ban Thai in White Bear Lake. Nice. Best. Um, yeah, it's just they're, they're the best. Uh, go visit Smokies. Uh, go check them out in the Coon Lake Beach, Hugo, Forest Lake, whatever area, East Bethel. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you can also get their uh, dry rub and their burger steak uh, and chop seasoning. On their website, right? On our website, in the restaurant, and at Buy Swingers Hardware in New Brighton. Oh, nice. Smokiespubngrill.net is the website. Chris, it's so good to see you. Yeah, you too, Jason. Thanks for having me on. Uh, Chris Leibel from Smokies Pub and Grill in Coon Lake Beach. Uh, that's DeRussia Eats. We thank the Minnesota Pork Board and Liquor Boy for their support. 431, we'll do traffic, we'll do weather, and when we come back, a first-timer, has won the Star Tribune cookie competition, the holiday cookie competition. She better have brought cookies or I'm kicking her right out of the studio. Next here on CC. I am a... His karate lessons might not turn him into a black belt. Hi-ya! And even after band camp, he might not be the greatest musician. But with the 3% annual percentage yield you can earn on a PenFed premium online savings account, your goal of supporting his dreams... Thanks for everything, Mom and Dad. ...will always be worth it. Apply today at penfed.org slash savings. Federally insured by NCUA. $5 minimum to open account. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed. PenFed's got great rates for everyone. I'm Tony Kornheiser. This is my show. My friends come on and you know them. We talk about the sports you care about, basketball now, golf, and the metronome of your life, baseball. Whether it's opening day, the big tournament, or one of the majors, we have the best to preview it and break down just what happened. And let's not forget the important stuff, the amount of daylight where I live, the importance of speedies, and the rankings of beach-style pizza. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Obsessed with the Star Tribune Holiday Cookie Contest. Every I got the cookbook with all the winners. Every year, my wife and I will look at the winners, and we try to make the winner. Sometimes we make the final. You might sometimes you look at the recipe. You're like, I don't know, man. Looks too hard, too hard. Do I have the patience to make that dough ahead of time? Let it sit overnight. Maybe yes, maybe no. One year, the winner was made with, I believe, almond flour, and it was so popular. Every Lunds and Byerly, you couldn't find the you couldn't find the flour. So this is a big deal, and today. The most read story at StarTribune.com is the winning recipes for the 2023 Star Tribune Holiday Cooking Contest. And we've got the winner in studio right now. 
Katie Fesco from Ham Lake. Katie, congratulations. Thank you so much, and thank you for having me. Your winning cookie was what? It was an Earl Grey butter cookie with dark chocolate orange filling. And in anticipation of your opportunity to come on this radio program with the food critic for Minnesota Monthly Magazine hosting the show, how many cookies did you bring in studio today? I regret to inform you I brought oh my zero. Gosh, I know. Katie. To arrive empty-handed is a you, big faux pas. <laughs> t- you definitely are going to get used to people expecting you to bring cookies everywhere I, you I go. I set a high bar for myself. Are you prepared for this to be your life? That wherever you go, people are going to be like, Katie, where, where are the cookies? You know, this may be the start of something new. I mean... Uh, yeah, I guess I should get ready for the new reality. That's right. This is like my friend who's a a brewer for Surly Beer. If he comes to your house, everyone's like, hey, we thought you'd bring the beer. <laughs> uh, this is your expectation of the cookie. Tell us about tell us about your recipe because this is your very first time entering this contest, right? It is. Yes. First year I've entered. Um, I have always really enjoyed Milano cookies. Oh. They're One so of my good. childhood yes. favorites. Um, and I spent the past eight years not eating gluten, so I was unable to enjoy Milano's. Mm-hmm. And I recently restarted again and kind of rediscovered them and thought that there was perhaps an opportunity for me to put a fun spin on one of my favorite cookies. It is a great cookie. And what I'm especially intrigued about your recipe uh, is because you are using one of my absolute favorite flavor combinations. Oh, yeah? Which is dark chocolate and orange. It's a classic. I think it's sort of underrated here, especially here in the Midwest, where Mm -hmm. you don't see that combo very often. You really don't. And I um, remember going to World Market when I was younger, and they used to sell Ah, those dark chocolate oranges. Yes. And I was hooked ever since. So, yeah, I really wanted to introduce that uh, into the recipe. I don't think you see it in a lot of Christmas cookies. Earl Grey butter cookies with dark chocolate orange filling. Are you a baker normally or what 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 inspired you to to enter the competition? You know, I am a baker. Um, I grew up baking. Uh, both my parents are uh, really wonderful bakers. My dad is very good, particularly with bread. Mm. So I was always in the kitchen and there's pictures of me um, at ages two or three being in the kitchen with my parents. Um, so I've always really loved it. Um, I hadn't entered a, any contest, really, um, except for the state fair this year. I have an aunt who always enters her seed art, and she talked about what a fun experience it was. So I thought I might as well give it a try since I enjoy baking so much. And I ended up winning uh, third place for a cake that I entered and thought, why not give it another shot with the cookie contest? Katie Fasco is from Ham Lake. Katie, other bakers, I assume must hate your guts (laughs) you're brand new at this contest you win it you've never entered Uh, are you just like an annoying winner in many aspects of your life or is this like a fluke that's kind and i'd love to think so um an annoying (laughs) winner it's not bad it's not a bad thing i wish i could tell you what the secret was i just i really enjoy baking and i've done it for years for friends and family, and it's just nice to have that validation that my friends and family weren't just being kind. I, you Which know, you never know, right? You never know. You never so know. it's nice to have the public think so as well. Uh, the judges uh, publish at Star Tribune. They, they write some of their comments. It, remi- it did remind me of a Pepperidge Farm cookie is one of them. I like that all of the flavors come through without any of them overwhelming the other. It's not hard. Of all of the complicated cookies in the world, this one is not 
hard. It looks like it's hard to do, mm-hmm. but it's not. Is it? Is this something that my wife and I are going to be able to 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 recreate? I really think so. I mean, it doesn't take any special, unusual techniques to make. And that's kind of what I liked about it was that it was very accessible and honestly very quick to make, which is why I only made it twice to test it before submitting it. You only um, made it twice? I only made it twice. Well, when you when you know you got it, you got it, I, <laughs> I guess. thought it was good enough. I mean, again, I, it was a really pleasant surprise to win. Um, so, yeah, it was – yeah, I'm just surprised. I am concerned that – like Joanne Holtmeyer and Annette Gustafson, <laughs> who enter this thing and seem to have a finalist every year, are going to hear you right now. And you just you might want security. I, not that I'm saying that cookie competitors, not this that maybe good, good Gustafson <laughs> and Holtmeyer would ever do anything to you. <laughs> Uh, They'd have the motivation to listen. I don't. They've blame had them. plenty of success. I don't blame them. They've had plenty of success <laughs> over the years. What What is your favorite Christmas cookie uh, for you to eat? You know, I've really been enjoying making ricotta cookies lately. I think a lot of the Christmas cookies can be very heavy on the butter and the chocolate and the caramel and some of those richer flavors. So I've had a lot of fun making lemon ricotta cookies, and they Ooh. just add a little bit of brightness. To the Christmas cookie table. That sounds delicious. They've worked very, so and they're li- very easy. <laughs> you like the citrus, right? Like you've got a little. I there's do. some orange zest mm-hmm. uh, that that makes this recipe have that flavor. Mm-hmm. I think it brightens things up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you think people are? You know, obviously, I love the nostalgic cookies too. The ones mm-hmm. that my mom made when I was a kid. But I do like experimenting with something new with a new flavor combination. What mm-hmm. whatever the case may be, there's something fun about having that extra cookie on the cookie exchange plate, right? I agree. Something different, something unusual that you might not see every day. It's just fun. Now, you've got your husband here, right? I do. <laughs> and is this your mom? And that's also? my mom as well. Is, you're not a full-time baker, are you? No, this is very much a part-time thing. What, what, is, your, what is your profession? Um, I work in business development um, for an organization called the Institute of International Education. So, um Fulbright, Gilman, all those big international uh, scholarship programs. That's what my company focuses on. Oh, interesting. Mm -hmm. So this is this, you know, baking can be very exact and very precise. Mm -hmm. Is this a stress reliever for you at all or is this a stressful activity also? No, it's very much a stress reliever. It's something I do for fun and out of love to create things for friends and family. Uh, And I particularly like it because it doesn't involve screens. I think a lot of times there's... Like, you know, video games, TV, movies, it all involves just more screen time. And I love that I get a bit of a break when I'm baking. It's so interesting because there is like there is a a bit of physicality, right? You're you're touching uh, the dough and you're feeling the ingredients and you're feeling the heat of the oven. Mm -hmm. And there is no screen. That's I never thought about it that way. It's a nice break. (laughs) Yeah. Now, all three of you are pretty skinny, though. So... (laughs) How, how does that work? Well, we'll see. I mean, yeah, maybe this is just me getting started. Check in about five years from now and we'll see how we fare. Uh, the other winners in the story today, and uh, we're so glad to have Katie Fesco from Ham Lake with us. Uh, there's a gin. I, I wonder what. What excites you about these other winners? Because I'm sure you've looked at the finalists, too. And, and sampled them. And you got the to event. try them. Yeah, yeah, there was a big event today. The Star Tribune had yeah. kind of. Uh, were you shocked at how many people were there? Especially since it was my first time going, I 
at 11 a.m. on a weekday. I just didn't know how well attended it would be. But, I mean, there's easily a, a few hundred people there, it looked like. So, yeah, yeah that was incredible. Uh, ginger Chocolate Bliss. That was great. Yeah. That looks really good from Lori Lippert of St. Paul. A couple of friends made a cookie called Good Thai Dings. Mm-hmm. A mother-daughter duo, yeah. Mother-daughter. Cool. Uh, there's Aperol Sparklers. <laughs> That's kind of fun, like a shortbread cookie with yeah, a little bit of Aperol. And it was pink, yeah. And then the Nanaimo Bar mm-hmm. Thumbprint Cookies. That one was excellent as well. Which that's uh, a traditional Canadian kind it of bar. It is, yeah. Uh, brought into thumbprints. So all of those recipes, I th- you should probably pick up the paper. It's cooler to have, like, the actual thing. But mm-hmm. you can get them online at StarTribune.com. Uh Katie, do they make your cookies at the grocery store, too? Are they still doing that? You know, I don't – that wasn't mentioned to me. They might have changed that um, because I know that there are grocery store sponsors of the event. But I think they did make them at the event. We'll find out. So (laughs) Lunds – I know that Lunds and Byerly's carries, like, all of the stuff in the recipes. But in years past, when I was feeling really lazy – Sometimes they were actually selling the winning cookie. Oh, that's convenient. That they have made it in the bakery. So look for that, too. I don't know, but that's something they had done in the past. Uh, so excited for you. Only a little better that you didn't bring us cookies. I know. <laughs> uh, Katie, congratulations. Thank you so much. Check out that story at StarTribune.com. Pretty cool. Can never take that away from you. You won the freaking newspaper holiday sure cookie did. <laughs> In print. Mm-hmm. That's right. Cut it out. Laminate it. It's official. Going on the wall. 448, back with weather and traffic after this on CCO. So during the pandemic, huge number of millennials took advantage of the fact that they were working remotely. And they got the heck out of the cities. Hard to afford housing in the cities. All of a sudden, they were able to achieve the quote unquote American dream of having a single family home. But to do it, they had to move way the heck out. To the surprise of no one. Moving to a far-flung city to get a four-bedroom, two-bathroom house is not all it's cracked up to be. The National Association of Realtors found 54% of home buyers between the ages of 31 and 40 bought homes in a suburb or a subdivision. 31% bought in a small town or a rural area during Uh, the core of the COVID year. You know, millennials have been doing everything a little late because debt and cost, right? Yes. Establishing your career, late. Moving into homes, late. Starting families, late. So a good chunk of people had the opportunity, compared to the rest of their generation, to jump ahead, Mm -hmm. right? Go get a house. Oh, yeah. But now it sucks. We really, we really need a recalibration of what the American dream is. And I get it, like having space feels good. Oh, yeah. But having community should feel better. Having somewhere you can walk to uh, or somewhere you can ride a bike to. Yeah. We need that connection with other people. And I think millennials, we're starting to see some signs of people moving back to the city. People are saying it's hard to find friends who are neighbors. It's hard uh, now that jobs are asking people to come back. It's yeah. now you got an hour and a half commute. Yeah, not not ideal. 
There's no coffee shops, you know. Some I of the, the mar- I think the market has a lot to do with that. I think they kind of just jumped the gun and said, "No, it's not. It's going to stay this way." Yeah. Ill-advised uh, decisions financially. Yeah, people expect that to change, but the underlying issue of the fact that we don't have affordable housing for younger people to get started—it's a big issue. Big issue. CBS News coming up after this on CCO. His karate lessons might not turn him into a black belt. Hi-ya! And even after band camp, he might not be the greatest musician. But with the 3% annual percentage yield you can earn on a PenFed premium online savings account, your goal of supporting his dreams... Thanks for everything, Mom and Dad. ...will always be worth it. Apply today at PenFed.org savings. Federally insured by NCUA. $5 minimum to open account. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed. PenFed's got great rates for everyone. This is Tony Kornheiser's show. I'm Tony. You expected someone else? So what exactly is the show about? Hmm, I don't know. It's a sports show nominally. Football's over, but we're finally at a point where things matter in college basketball and baseball season is on deck. Greatest three words in the English language, pitchers and catchers. We have some of the best voices come on and explain what matters or what makes an upset, like Ryan does, (laughs) nine over eight. No, that's not an upset. No, yeah, it is, Bob. And if you're lucky, I might just tell you about my search for discounted sleep pants or my worries about what my dog just ate. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.